Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I'm not so sure that CBS report was correct about Nick Rolovich. Again, it's it's been inferred that they, he may have been granted the religious exemption, but he was not granted the accommodation. And that comes from the athletic director and or the president or an administrator. Just so you know, uh, that report may not have been correct. Wouldn't be the first thing. All right. And again, it's, you know, so, all right. Today's show brought to you by, oh, geez, Doug's meeting with the suit at the stadium right now. Oh, my goodness. All right. I mean, uh, Doug must be afraid to get out of the car. I mean, well, I'm done. S-U-I-T, that spells suit-da! Stay strong, Doug. Stay strong. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Today's show is brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. For Kia Hyundai, great, great new inventory. Best in pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, which means so much. Sales staff is fabulous to work with. They work with you, and the service department's great. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We congratulate Amy Goloszewski. She ran the Atlantic City Marathon, got to the finish line. Gary Goloszewski has claimed ran, ran the half marathon. I'm getting reports, though, that he may have driven it. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, you know, we're not going to call Gary the Rosie Ruiz of Atlantic City. We're not going to do that. The time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Tannehill. Flag is out. Tannehill will throw down the field. Off the helmet, Julio Jones catches it. Highlight out of it with a catch by Julio Jones. That's his great concentration and not giving up on the play. Micah Hyde has his back turned to the ball. Can't really continue to shadow and stay in phase with Julio. And these are the kind of effort plays they're going to need to make. Look at him just touch the left toe. Yeah, Julio, go ahead and smile, big boy. That's uh, Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick. Last night on ESPN, the great catch by Julio Jones in Tennessee's 34-31 win over the Buffalo Bills. Bills are now 4-2 on the season, as is Tennessee. All right, let's talk about the Steelers, who are steamrolling their way through the league. Now, it really can't be stopped. Only a bye week could slow them down. And we bring in the uh, wonderful uh, Neil Kulak. Sir, welcome back. As always, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, the Steelers are on a roll. They are steamrolling the league now, uh, Neil, taking it by storm. How did this happen? Uh, we, I, I think... Uh... Mostly, they won the coin toss in overtime. There you uh, go. <laughs> and uh, it, we're, we're able to uh, sack the quarterback for the first time in 
however long. Uh, I don't think that happened at all in the, the first half of, or the second half of regulation. But, um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. It, it, you know, a, a tale of two halves is, is a pretty common story in a football game. And I'm not surprised. I, I don't think that the Steelers are um, – if, if the game were to have gone point for point, one way to the other, I think we would be less reactionary uh, following it than, than we were – in this game, and obviously you get the the late game heroics uh, from T.J. Watt, a player mm-hmm. that I, I found to not really be a factor at all um, in in the second half of that game. He came up big when his team needed him to, mm-hmm. and that's great. Does that does does that define his entire game that night? I don't think so, but it, it certainly was memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody needed to make a play finally, but you know somebody needed to make a play on five drives in the second half, and nobody did. So. Um, it, it, for it to have had kind of a, a controversial, weird um, ending in regulation, followed by two big plays and the Steelers finally closing it out, it, it, felt, it felt to me really just to kind of be a microcosm of what this season is probably going to be for Pittsburgh. They're going to do great things at times. They're going to do not great things at times. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll make plays at, at some point when they need to. We'll, we'll see them win games. Um, they're going to lose a lot of games like this one, though. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a, a more complete Seahawks team probably uh, it takes them with the way that they had played in the second half. But at the same time, they did a great job in the first half. I think that really was kind of the, the offense that you could expect to see uh, from Pittsburgh. It's two games in a row. I'm very encouraged by that. Uh, the fact that their offense um, was able to string series together, do things consistently uh, well. You know, it didn't start off the best, but it, it wasn't terrible either. Um, they, they weren't making a ton of mistakes, which is what we saw earlier in the season. So they, I think they're taking a step forward. Uh, you really did see an exposed defensive front seven. Um, and a large part of that is just due to the fact that after a while, when teams are getting enough film on this this beleaguered Steelers defense, they're going to start to pick them apart, and that's definitely what uh, Alex Collins and the the Seahawks were able to do. You know, give them credit; it was a yeah. good scheme. They attacked it well. Um, they 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 ran well. Uh, they controlled the the controlled all of the action in the third quarter. They had 175 yards of offense in the third quarter. I mean, that's that's a 700 yard game. Um, it, it felt every bit of that as well. They had the ball for, for the entire time. Pittsburgh couldn't respond with anything, and that just kind of shows that the gang to the first half yen, they're able to do good things at times, but I don't think they're they're complete enough as a team uh, to, to play at an outstanding level for four quarters. They're going to take their lumps, and they're going to have to be able to swing back uh, probably a little bit better than they did against Seattle Sunday night. Yeah, um, it's interesting because we have now lived in a world of highlights for a long period of time, and highlights are always the greatest plays. You watch the game, and you know you watch every game. Why really hasn't played all that great this season? But he made a couple of highlight plays in that game, including the one at the end. And I, I mean, that's my assessment. Is that what you saw? Absolutely. Um, I think that the groin injury that he suffered in uh, the, the first half of week two has has limited him quite a bit. No and question. I, I think that the, and that and that's and that's from not having training and that's from not having training camp. Very well, could be. You know, the, the conditioning piece of it. I, I said this uh, to, to some people earlier this week as well. The conditioning piece is not just when you're on the field; it's your recovery. 
Um, it, is it perhaps taking him a little bit longer? I, I don't know, but I, I thought uh, perhaps Devin Bush would be in shape as well. He looks like a shell of the player that, that we've seen. I'm not even sure how great of a player that was back then. He has a groin injury along with you know the, the, the rehab still uh, ongoing uh, from the ACL surgery. So he's not quite the same player right now either, but these are players I think that are going to play back uh, to a, a pretty decent level, and you can count on them probably you know within a couple weeks still. Uh, it, it's something Watt, considering the money that he's making, is going to need to overcome, and it certainly looks like he did uh, on, on the two plays, you know, back-to-back series and overtime. It was, it was great to see him do that, but he disappeared for a good chunk of that game. Um, he wasn't there, and I, I, I mm. dared mention that after the game, and people screamed that I he know. tipped a pass at the line of scrimmage. Like, all right, that, that's great. You know, <laughs> I'm not downplaying that, but it, it's not the performance um, that, that you would categorize as one of the best that he's had. And he's a, he's a big stage player. You remember the, the Buffalo game no question. two years ago? They yes. had no business beating that Buffalo team, and they yep. didn't. But they competed with them largely because of the strength that T.J. Watt showed in that game. I thought that that might have been the, the, the final touches on a defensive player of the year for him. Um, he was at that level. He didn't win it, but uh, he was certainly competitive for it. Um, he, he's not playing at that level uh, overall. He's not making a play for series, which is really kind of what you expect from a, a, a dominant, highly paid edge rusher. And a large part of that is going to be because of his injury. Once he can come off of that, they can get a little bit more help. But to me, more than anything, the real story is uh, what it's showing is just how completely dominant Cam Hayward has been. He's, he's been. Yeah. That's why. See, I look at a, at a game like a defense is on the field, anywhere from fifty to seventy plays, and we see the highlights of two or three great ones. You watch Hayward; it seems like of the fifty to seventy plays, he's turning in thirty-five to forty really good ones all the time, even though he may not be making the tackle. Yeah, if, if, if you're worried about anybody staying healthy right now, it's Hayward. Yes, he's, he's doing the job of two people. Um, they're they, he they. He's not supported much on that defensive line. Uh, with all due respect, I, I think to, to his credit, I, I won't call out Chris Wormley. I think Wormley has played very well uh, for what they, they were hoping. They're getting more um, more from him than they would have would have hoped. Isaiah Bugs is not a great player. Uh, Carlos Davis hasn't played in, in however long. Uh, Henry Mondu is there when, when bad things are about to happen. They're not getting much around Hayward and he's having to do so much and that's really what Seattle did they ended up staying away from Hayward as much as humanly possible trying to put somebody on the backside to to be able to get in his way and then they just double teamed everything in front of him they basically said we're not worried about we're going to stay away from you we're just going to concentrate on this side of the field and play as if you're not even there and hope you don't get to our, our ball carrier before he gets to the hole, which is going to be wide open because your linebackers aren't making plays. Your your secondary is missing tackles left and right. And that's part of the reason why they, they ran for a, a huge amount of success in three drives um, that all started within the third quarter, two of them were scoring drives. Cam Hayward was they, – they had to scheme around the individual. And frankly – that might not be the guy that teams would typically try to, to scheme around. Um, what would be your concern? A guy like Minka might be more of your concern. They focused in, intently on Hayward and did not want him to be a factor against the run. And they got run all over when they were able to, to just simply get away from him, not go anywhere near him. To make your team that one-dimensional and to, to have that be an active choice that mm-hmm. the Seahawks made, Right. It goes to show one how valuable Hayward is, how good he's playing, yes. and 
most importantly for the Steelers, there isn't anyone else against the run making plays. They're telling them exactly where they're running the ball, and there was nobody there. Uh, guys couldn't get off blocks. Collins got you know maybe tapped around the line of scrimmage and still ran for five six more yards. It, it was a it was a pretty bad uh, run defensive performance, yeah. and you hate to see uh, a, 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 you hate to see that happen when Cam Hayward was on the field. But right. my thought was really like. Oh man, heaven help him if if Cam Hayward's not on the field. Right, they've got they're big in, trouble. They're in significant trouble. You think it's bad if if Watt is injured? See what happens if Hayward gets injured. I know they're trying to promote stars as often as possible. That's why we have to see, you know, anywhere from fifteen to eighteen Aaron Donald replays when the Rams play. Same thing with Watt. I mean, look. I mean, look. Let's face it. You're sitting at home. We're not stupid. Well, I felt like they were trying to do the same thing with Najee Harris the other night. I think Harris is a really good rookie who's he's he's only playing instead of with five cards in his hand. He's only playing with three because the offensive line is a problem. What have you thought of of Harris to this point? Because I think he's talented. There's no getting around it. But I went back specifically to to look at some of the stuff that I wrote about Le'Veon Bell his rookie year. Yeah, And before getting into that, I will say this. I was, in, in my world anyway, kind of famous for not really liking the bell pick when they made it. Mm-hmm. And I will point out, his rookie year, he played at about 243 pounds. Right. To the point, the scouting report on Le'Veon Bell was he was a Jerome Bettis-type running back. That's laughable to me. <laughs> Le'Veon right. Bell did not play at all like Jerome Bettis. You couldn't have a worse comparison for him. He was a really big... Uh, zone running back. He was not a power guy at all. And Bell played exactly like that his rookie year. Yet he always racked up, you know, positive praise from his coaches. And he made some plays. You were you were excited about the direction he was going. I remember in particular um, the whole nonsense rule that the ball dies wherever the, the player's helmet comes off after two Ravens players literally destroyed his helmet hitting him there. Uh, the, I think it was the Thanksgiving game or a, a, a primetime game not long after that right. knocked him out and the ball was dead right there despite the fact Bell landed in the end zone after it. Um, it, it a, a, a great player in the making. When Bell shed 20 pounds, that's when he became Le'Veon Bell. That's right. So he needed a, a season and an off season and two camps to turn into the player that he was when he destroyed the Browns in, in week one of 2014. Mm-hmm. He was a completely different player. Mm-hmm. You were really excited about him then. I, I feel so much of the same type of thing with Najee, and I'm not going to say that he needs to lose weight or anything like that. He carries his weight a lot better yes, than Yes, he does. Um, he, he is just an amazing athlete, and he's, he's getting better. You can see him get better, but he misses a lot. You know, I, I think his film reviews are, are pretty long. Um, not that he shouldn't. He's a rookie. It's just he's being touted as a player with, with this high-end production, and he's only had statistically one outstanding game. And he, mm-hmm. he was bad against Seattle. He didn't do anything. Um, to your point, I agree with completely the amount of, of ramming the square peg into the, square, the, the, the round hole that they tried uh, to do with him in that game was amazing. I was like – this isn't working. You know, you're you're not able to do much with him. And they ran a bunch of different stuff. Uh, to me, it's you're you're really trying to drive a Ferrari in a 25 mile an hour zone. It, it's not working as well as you want it to. And you keep, you know, kind of gliding around the block. 
wanting to open it up, and you can't because you don't have the surrounding environment to do that. Their offensive line it is not uh, – they're not standing up well to this point. I, I will say this. Uh, Zach Banner, it sounds like he's going to return at, at right tackle on – um, on, on next, the following week, I should say. The game right. against Cleveland, they're mm-hmm. on by next week, of course. It sounds like that that's part of the plan, and I would imagine that will move Chuk's core for uh, over to left tackle and right. get poor Dan Moore back on the bench. He's, he's clearly not ready for the action that he's gotten. Mm-hmm. And hats off to him for the effort. But I think with that, you will see an improvement uh, with what they're able to do schematically. But right now... Um, and a lot of people are looking much more down the line than where Harris is today. Right now, he's a running back who misses a lot of holes. He's a running back that if he can get outside and get one-on-one, uh, he might be able to make a play. But he's not a breakaway back. Right. He's not a pure power guy mm-hmm. in the middle either. He's a lot of a lot of things. He's not a dominant player in any one of them. So, uh, to me, he's more of a production guy right now. I, I don't think that he is especially... Uh, outstanding. He is talented. You're right. Um, he's talented. He's lacking in he, he's lacking in vision, and he clearly does not have the athleticism uh, to outrun NFL players. And we're seeing that more and more. He's not going to be a game breaking guy. You're excited if he gets ten yards. You know, well, you have to set him up in the passing game. He's not going to be able to create that on his own the way that the top guys will. But we'll we'll, we'll see. You know, I, right. I, he needs reps for sure. He needs to run more. Uh, which is weird considering he played at a major school for, for a while and he's 24 years old coming into to this season. So there, there's work that he needs to put in. And I think that uh, I, I trust his work ethic. I, I, yeah. You have to love his character. I, think I he's agree a great with that. Kid. Absolutely. Um, you, you hope that he develops that. But what we're yeah. seeing right now is pretty rough. Um, well, it, it's not nearly as good as people are making it out to be. Here's, here's the issue. He played at Alabama, okay, big plus, which means that and he led the SEC in broken tackles. But the first contact normally, and I'm yeah. generalizing here, was usually five, six yards down the field when you got a head of steam to break a tackle. And, right? and it's a cornerback coming in right. from the edge. You right. know? Exactly. Or he hurdles somebody. But, again, that would be, what, yeah. five to ten yards down the field. That's when the first contact was taking place. In the NFL, the problem he has with this offensive line is the first contact's taking place in the backfield. And you know, and it's just that you don't have that head of steam, and you got to be really ultra special to break those tackles like like that because you don't have the head of steam to do it. As opposed to Alabama, when you were five or six yards down the field, and really because of where you stood, that means you're already nine to ten yards forward before you get hit because you're lining up in the backfield. Yeah, that's a big part of the reason why that the Alabama offensive linemen are often being drafted higher than no question. Back. Um, they're, they they have a great scheme. I don't need to tell you that, of all people. You know, you you, you have a, a far better insight of that than I do. But um, he's not able to make guys miss when he's in the backfield. And if he is, and he ends up leading the league in missed tackles, he, he's not going to have the production that matches that stat. And he's going to become right. one of the weirder statistical outliers yeah. the game has seen. And it, it's it, it's great that he can break tackles. He's never going to be. Uh, he's doing that with his strength, not his elusiveness. And I think that really should be more of a stat for um, a running back's ability to evade. Uh, he's, he's 
stiff arming guys who's mm-hmm. knocking them down because he's yeah. strong. Yep. You're not going to get away with that a whole lot in the NFL, and you're going to take a, an awful lot of contact to do it. He's definitely a, a, a featured member of their offense, and again, you like to see where it's where it's going. But you're going to get a lot of games like you saw on Sunday. What was it, 15 for 33, something yeah. like that? Yeah, uh, he, he was often used in in the passing game as well. Mm-hmm. He's had. Yeah, I, I think of the six games he's played, five of them he's he's carried the ball at an average of of less than three and a half yards carry. Right, um, he's noticeably worse than what Bell was at this point. Even if he does have more yards, right. he just gets the ball a lot more. That's that's what right. I mean when I say he's purely a production guy right now. Uh, they they need to find a way to get him the ball in space. They need to find a way to create a lane for him to get through, and then let him use the ability that he has to take you know a two yard gain and make it into six. That that's really who he is as a player. Well, I'll save this for next week when you come back because this has been the bye week. I want to get your thought next week on overall how you feel Matt Canada is handling the offense based on the personnel that he has available to him. So I want to give you a chance to think about that. Because again, That's an excellent question. It was a plan of of something to watch um, yeah. this coming week, in, in lieu of a game to have to break down and analyze. Yeah. There's a lot there. It's it's very interesting to this point. Right. Because again, the key is, what are you running offensively based on yes. the talent that you have? With what you have. Right. And see, that's never. Nobody ever brings up both parts. It's always like, what do you think of his scheme? Like, ah, oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> okay. Based talking on, about the, they're right. talking about the success of plays, not yeah. the scheme. It, right. it's, you know, they're, they're, those are not mutually exclusive yeah, things. Exactly. You know, it, it's, so. There's a lot that goes into it. Right. But uh, it's it's an interesting question. Yeah. He's had a, he, yeah. he had a Herculean yeah. task this entire yeah. offseason. I know that. Well, we'll talk about that next week. Thank, hey, enjoy your bye weekend. I hope you get a chance to do something fun because uh, you work so hard. We appreciate you very much. I, I appreciate coming back. Thanks for having me. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with that invaluable Sunbury Motors guarantee. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Great sales staff, fabulous service department. They have it all at Sunbury Motors. Yeah, they were doing that commercial about the changing of seasons, and I only thought well, it was Matt. You know, summer's too hot, winter's too cold, fall too many colors, spring too much rain. It's like everything's in a complaint. No, the only thing I don't like about fall is the in-between oh, temperatures. <laughs> it's, 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 fall's great. Come on. <laughs> no, I, I love on. fall. I love this time of the year. I, I just don't like having to can't that I can't decipher between should I wear shorts or should I wear pants? Should I wear long sleeve, short sleeve? I'm hot that I'm cold. Like I just need I need the weather to make a decision. That's all. That's my only complaint about the fall. Well, it must be tough eh, to make all these decisions. <laughs> I, um <laughs> Wow. So I see a picture of your little son Mark. Now, am I imagining things, but is he the spitting image of Luke? Um, There are definitely a lot of similarities, yeah. You're not wrong about that. 
Wow. Really cool. That's great. They both look like they're doing terrific. So, All right. Again, I try to bring up positive stuff in your life. There's so <laughs> much negativity. Yeah. I mean, the Phil- I mean, look, the Yankees aren't playing right now. So there's nothing to be mad about. They haven't lost a game in a while. Don't be mad. The Eagles, okay? The Eagles haven't, you know, they, they didn't lose this weekend. They played on the Thursday. It's not the weekend. True, yes. Right? Sixers have suspended Simmons. Yeah, it's good news for you. Correct, yes. And your and your hockey team beat an expansion team last night, six to one. Yes, they took care of business. It's an expansion team. I know. You know that, right? So no, make sure I, you know I, I'm aware. Yeah. Expand me. You no, know, they have like all these guys nobody wanted. Correct. Yeah. Just want to make sure. I'm you know, trying to bring up all the positives. The NBA season, by the way, officially gets underway tonight. Uh, Bucks, Nets, Lakers, Warriors. Now, the Bucks, Nets game is in Milwaukee. It's got to be right. It's got to be in Milwaukee tonight. Now that would mean because I mean the defending NBA champs. Yeah, it's in Milwaukee. That would mean Kyrie would be allowed to play, right? Technically, yes, but I mean the Nets have said no that he's not going to play because he's either either you're all okay. in and you're all out. But under the NBA rules, yeah, he would be allowed to play. Okay. All right. Blah blah blah. Although he could play in road games on this side last week, they were unwilling to entertain Irving being a part-time player. Correct. Okay, so there you go. And then the uh, Lakers and Warriors are tonight as well. Full wall-to-wall LeBron coverage on your local ESPN channel. Yeah, of course. I um, yeah. Nice. Oh my Almighty! But this is this is where this is where you're watching games and um, the emphasis is always on a guy. It's LeBron, 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 LeBron. Uh, Milwaukee will be Giannis, Giannis, Giannis. Nets will be Durant, Durant, Durant. Okay. And the Warriors will be Curry, Curry, Curry. Okay. I'm watching the NFL game the other night. You know, and I made this comment about the Rams game earlier this year. How many replays did we watch of Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald is a great player. There's no question. He's a great player. He's one of the best to ever play his position. I didn't say he was the best ever play his position because I think there's so many guys that play it, you have to say there's a group of them, and he's one of the best ever. Okay? Well, like I'm, I'm watching replay after replay after replay where he's doing nothing, doing nothing, doing nothing, doing nothing. He's doing nothing. I mean, they go, oh, look at this. I mean, look, he takes on this guy. Nothing happened. So I'm watching the Steeler game, the other day, and Najee Harris this and Najee Harris that. I'm like, oh, he's not going anywhere. And T.J. Watt this and Watt this. You know, Watt made a heck of a play in the first half where he got a hold of, he got the arm, where he got blocked out of the play, which is a great play by Watt, to get, get the arm of Geno Smith in completion. And, of course, he made the big play late in the game. 
But like it's replay after replay after replay. We're watching nothing, 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 and we're being told we're watching something. I've watched the football a long time. I know when I'm looking at nothing. Right? Like give the other dude credit. The other dude's playing pretty well, blocking him. I mean, come on. I'd argue they do the same thing with Matt Stafford now with the Rams. Like I get it, Matthew Stafford's on a better team. He's still a, he's still a good quarterback, but enough with the best thing he's had the Rams have had since sliced bread. Like enough with that. Well, I mean, and that's the way it is. They they're always promoting. They somehow have to feel like they have to the, for the audience to circle an individual. Now the TV ratings are up. I mean, the TV ratings for the NFL are way up. Uh, but there are other people that make contributions and make plays in games. Uh, the game is bigger than a person. It's it's an incredible team game. And I think they feel like they have to, you know, and the only problem I have with the NBC is I feel like they're circling the PFF guys, the pro football focus guys. I, and, I, and I don't like the subtle, you know, because Chris Collinsworth's the owner of the thing. I don't like the subtle undertone of that. I'm like, oh, come on. I, I got it. But like, I'm watching the game early. Donald, look at it. Look at it. Look at what? Right? Look at him get blocked. <laughs> Great. Then he make then he gets a sack late in the game, which was his only sack, and the Rams were up big. So it's it's a you know, let's face it, a sack's a sack, but it's meaningless. It has no meaning to the game. It's just a stat. It's like the guy you know, getting all these carries late in the game and now he gets uh, over a hundred yards rushing that when the game really counted he had sixty. Right? Okay. I mean it all counts. But there's, uh, I don't know. And, uh, you know, I'm just. Now, obviously, what I do, I, you know, you can, let's face it. Most fans can figure it out. I can figure it out. I would, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I would hope you have more respect um, for the for the fam watching than feeling like you have to shove something down their throats. Yeah, and that's just me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that, but. I feel, as I'm watching games, like, you know, do I have to keep watching the same guy over and over again? I don't want to watch the same guy over and over again. Quarterback drop back to pass. I can't remember who the Rams were playing. Quarterback drop back to pass. I can see he's nowhere near him. (laughs) Smart enough to see he's nowhere near him. It's because he's getting blocked. Okay. Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa. You know, did you see the game Joey Bosa just played against the Ravens? That's interesting because the Ravens didn't see him either. <laughs> he was out there, but they didn't see him. A lot of guys are getting a lot of publicity, and to me, have I seen better in my lifetime? Yep. I've seen Joey Bosa, is, the, is he the best defensive end I've ever seen in my lifetime? Nope. <laughs> right? Is Joey... 
Is Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Aaron Donald the most dominant defensive player I've ever seen in my lifetime? Nope. I'll, I'll name two of them right off the, off the top of my head. All right? One's your team and one's my team. There's nobody out there that's Lawrence Taylor or Reggie White. Correct. Spot on. Okay. Where's the Reggie White in today's league? There isn't. Where's the Lawrence Taylor? I mean, Lawrence Taylor was a wrecking crew. You know, know, people say, well, you know, the guy comes in, he changes the game. Actually, that's not accurate. Right? I can't change the game. I may be, but I'm schematically, I may try to do what you're doing, but I don't have Lawrence Taylor. Schematically, I may be trying what what you're trying to do, but I don't have Reggie White. Schematically, I may be trying what you're trying to do, but I don't have Bobby Orr. Schematically, I'm trying to change. In other words, like they change how the game is played. Um, not if you don't have the person. That's why I go back. What was the last thing I brought up with Neil Coulon? I want to ask you next week about Matt Canada, about how he is game planning and scheming based on the personnel he has. You never hear those two parts put together. You always hear scheme and you always hear personnel. You never hear, because you have to scheme to the personnel you have. Your game plan has to be these these are the people I have. Like this person has a skill set. Say that person's not available that week. Well, you can't. We'll just we'll just throw another peg in there, and they'll do the same thing. No, they won't. Can't. They have a different skill set. Can't use them that way. So you have to change and adjust stuff that you'd love to use with this guy. You can't use with this guy. And Matt Canada, plus or minus, is and just like with the Eagles, I mean, I, I still don't quite get what they're doing with offensively. But both of them are trying to work around offensive lines that don't give them a chance to do what they probably really want to do. And the Eagles' offensive line doesn't give Hurts the time for them to do what they want to do with him. And Roethlisberger and Najee Harris don't have, you know, because their offensive line is causing them trouble as to what they want to do. Makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. That's why when you talk about a job somebody's doing, what kind of job are they doing based on the hand they've been dealt? All right, we'll take a break. We'll wrap it up in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. I don't see how we, we could have been uh, more aggressive. Um, you know, we were thorough and uh, we evaluated every single guy that was out there. Um, we had some guys come in and, and actually, you know, work out, um, you know, by the rules. Um, and, and I think you guys heard me say um, a year ago that we were committed to, to doing it if we found the right situation and it made sense. Um, but just to sign a guy to sign a guy, um, you know, we th- actually think that would have been detrimental. And again, my point on the transfer portal is quite simple. Almost every single quarterback out there that's transferring wants, is trying to transfer in to be the starter. I mean, that's why they transfer. And I've gone through the long list of transfer quarterbacks across the country. They're all going in with the idea they want to start. They're not going in with the idea like, oh, I'm going to be the backup. They don't, they don't want that. Right. And they're not getting a commitment here. They're going to be the starter. So, I mean, that does enter into it, you know, because it's not just Penn State maybe wanting somebody. It has to be somebody who then is coming in here with the idea that, they're going to get what they want out of it. That's the way transfers work. Uh, let's see. We told you about the, let's see, obviously P.J. Mustafer out. For Illinois, linebacker Jake Hansen out. Running back Mike Epstein out. Uh, quarterback Brandon Peters is very questionable, hasn't taken any reps, so Art Sikowski will probably start. Seth Coleman's going to come back for Illinois. But do span the wide receiver, former quarterback, is iffy. Maryland, they've already lost Dante Demas for the season. They've now lost the other wide receiver, Jason Jones, for the rest of the season because of a leg injury. And linebacker Darrell Nachami, who've been starting for them, season-ending upper body surgery and is out for the year. And they will play at Minnesota Saturday. So we thought we'd get everybody up to date on that. Baseball playoffs getting underway in a few moments. Uh, what, about maybe 10 minutes? It's the Dodgers and the Braves. Braves with two walk-off wins, leading two games to none. Charlie Morton gets the ball for the Braves. And Walker Bueller is one of the really fine young pitchers in the game. Will be on the mound for the Dodgers. For Morton... When they talk about spin rate, his spin rate and his curveballs in that 3,200 range, that that's gold standard. And is very effective with it. Then at uh, 8 o'clock tonight at Fenway, the Red Sox take on the Astros. Red Sox up two games to one. Zach Greinke will go for the Astros tonight. And Nick Pavetta will be on the mound for the Red Sox. So that's the story in the baseball playoffs. 
We're going to have our high school roundtable coming up on Thursday. Kate Scott's going to join us tomorrow, the new TV voice of the Sixers. She'll be working with Ala Abdel Nabi. You're going to you're going to be so impressed after you hear her. She is so ultra prepared. Oh, she really is. I've I've loved her already from the couple yep. of times I've been able to watch games. She's great. And I had a really couple great talks with her out at Iowa City. Uh, really, really a pro's pro. And uh, then our high school football roundtable is on Thursday in the next to last week of the regular season. Sealands grows on a roll. Lewisburg's on a roll. Chickalimming, unfortunately for them, they've had a struggle. So, I'll say this, though. Uh, that I, I've talked about it once. I've talked about it a million times. That YouTube stuff is great. Those three camera shoots, they really are really well done. Really well done. Yeah, big shout-out to our crews for both YouTube yeah. channels. Yeah, the SBC YouTube channel and the WKOK YouTube channel. I mean, really. Yep. Um, again, it's a, just another way that, quote, our group, of which I have nothing to do with these decisions, they're all decisions that other people are making, which are great decisions, is just a cut above everybody else. It's the kind of local coverage that uh, the fans of the Valley deserve. It's great. <clears throat> so that's uh, that's great on Friday nights. I enjoy just you know I don't even if it's for a few minutes at a time. Sometimes it's just for a few minutes at a time. But you know I, I don't care if I'm home or on the road. I'll pop in and, and check in on how the games are going. You know, hear our people talk. You know, our people do great work. No, most of them do. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, they all do. Even the suit. You, sir, are my hero! He's meeting with Doug right now. I, Doug, I guess Doug has the shakes. I mean, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's it's never a great conversation when the first word you say is hello and the last word and the second word you say is goodbye. And the other guy that's all the talking in between. It's like the chief on Friday nights. <laughs> Great to have the Chief with us here. Great. Thanks for being here, Chief. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have him on Thursday, and everybody's like, wow, he sounds tremendous.